So this morning we're going to look at these, these five, four or five verses in Luke's Gospel. And it tells us a very well-known story. We know Mary and Martha from the Gospels of Jesus. Mary and Martha live in Bethany. And they have a brother called Lazarus. Okay, that, hopefully that story is familiar to us. Lazarus who was dead. Christ rose from the, the, the grave and said, I am the resurrection and the life. Who you believe in me will never die. And this house in Bethany is a couple of miles outside of Jerusalem. And I think it's fair to say that Jesus frequented there quite often. If Jesus was passing through Bethany, this is the house which would have looked after him and cared for him. But Dr. Luke, as he writes his gospel, he's been taking all these eyewitnesses' accounts, but he's been creating his gospel for us as well to understand what it is to follow Jesus. In chapter 9, Jesus has set his face towards Jerusalem, remember? He knows his death is coming. He knows suffering is coming. He knows what lies ahead. And in chapter 10, we see what disciples, what Christians, what people who follow Jesus are supposed to do. To go out on mission, to to go and preach the good news about Jesus, to tell people about Jesus, and to to love God. And we thought last week about how that good Samaritan was, was Christ himself who came for us helpless robbers to save us. And Jesus is seeking to teach the Christians, his disciples, the way of life. And in this little house with Mary and Martha, Jesus is teaching them again. Because what we learn today, we learn really as we think about these two people, that we are so distracted being busy about lots of other things that we stop listening to Jesus. There's a great danger in that, isn't there? There's a danger of being distracted. There's many TV adverts that remind us to never ever text and drive now. Because being distracted can cause catastrophic events. There are of course less serious distractions. Distractions of us talking to other people from spending time with family. We, we flick on our phones and it distracts us from the world around us. I once walking to Queen's to the chemistry class that I did make. I don't want to say I saved someone's life. I had to grab someone by their throat because they were on their phone and they walked out in front of a car. People do things all the time. They're distracted. They're all consumed in their little world and they forget what's around them. Or as this photograph shows, this unfortunate lady not watching the basketball game and this is just pre-impact when she gets a ball to her head. Too busy looking at someone or something else rather than what is actually happening around them. And our first point today as we think about this story is this, that we are being pulled in different directions. Being pulled in different directions. Whenever I was in primary school, I'm not sure it's the same in primary school yards today, but one of our most popular toys was Stretch Armstrong. Remember him? You were able to, to stretch him out and go from limb for limb. And whenever we were boys, it made a good clothesline for our wrestling moves to take out little boys and girls in the playground. But it was all stretched in all kinds of different directions. And it's like a, a tug-of-war competition. All kinds of things happened with this. But this picture of Stretch Armstrong, is how we feel sometimes, isn't it? We feel stretched, being pulled in different directions all of the time. And this is what Martha is experiencing here as well. 
Martha's problem is one that's probably reflected in many homes up and down the country. As visitors come or Christmas dinner comes, it's all hands on deck for her, isn't it? We're told here by, by Luke that Martha is distracted, in verse 40, with much serving. Literally, the, the Greek, it means that to be pulled apart. See, is being pulled apart, trying to look after Jesus in the living room while she tries to sort everything out in the kitchen. Mary is sitting down at Jesus' feet listening, but Mary is so distracted by all the preparations. She is upset that Mary seems to be doing nothing, and Martha puts all her energies into hosting Jesus, making a fuss of Jesus. You know, you can imagine the picture, you know, plumping up the cushions, making sure all the ornaments weren't out of place, doing the quick dust as the door, the door knocks. And then she's in the kitchen, she's getting the little nibbles on the nice fancy plates, she's bringing them in, and then she's back in to make sure the potatoes haven't boiled over, she's cutting melon, she's back in to see if Jesus is okay, does he need a drink? Meanwhile, her sister, well, she's sitting on her backside. She's on the floor, she is listening. And then Martha's gone again, getting ready for some more. And she is so busy that she doesn't actually have any time to speak properly to her guest. That's what it seems, he's being pulled. And in this case, being pulled away from Jesus. And this isn't the main point of this passage, but that's something for us to consider when people are in our homes, isn't it? We spend so much time fussing over food that we forget about our friendship. You know, we end up in a flap, taking turns in the kitchen perhaps, rather than spending time having conversation with people. We know what happens all the time, don't we? Because at the end of the day, most people aren't in your home for dinner with you because the food is great, although that might be the case. It's because the friendship is great or the fellowship is great. See, Jesus, when he comes for dinner, isn't interested in the menu, but in Mary and Martha, in the people. So how often, even ourselves in Seaford, as we love our tea and coffee after a service, we, we love our, our, our chats, but are our conversations just small talk and church gossip? Or dare we talk about spiritual matters, things that actually matter? Rather than just casting them off with a casual remark, have a meaningful conversation about Christ and his words. A conversation that would contribute to our spiritual growth rather than nothing. That would help us be more mature in our faith. So if we dive back into Martha running about, as the pressure increases, just like us, her patience decreases. And eventually, after all the to and throwing, she has enough, doesn't she? And she has been pulled apart to all these different things around her, and eventually she says, Jesus, tell Mary to do something. Verse, I think it's verse 40 as well. Lord, do you not care? That my sister's left me to serve alone. Jesus, do you not care that I am doing everything and she is doing nothing? She's frustrated. She wants Jesus. She knows he's important. She wants him to weigh in on the situation. Now, Martha's serving is not the problem alone. But it's because she loses focus of the person who is there. And that can happen us, can't it? 
We can lose focus of the person of Jesus. We can be pulled in all kinds of directions. We have all different responsibilities within our homes, in our families, our workplace. And those jobs need to be done, yes. But even as we serve the Lord in his church, even as we sit here on a Sunday morning, we're wondering, we're distracted, aren't we? I can't tell you how many rugby matches I replayed on a Sunday morning rather than listening to what was happening. We're distracted. We're, sometimes we're so busy with service, serving, doing things about the church that we miss the person who it's all about. So are we so busy in life that we miss Jesus? Our daily coming and going, our business, our daily household affairs, they all can take us away from God as we are being pulled apart. So we need to be warned, don't we? That these different things around us, although they are good and they need to be done, they can be traps. Martha has busied herself in serving, but Jesus doesn't commend her serving. Sure he doesn't? Yes, he says, Mary, for doing nothing, or what seems like nothing, is the right course of action. Why? Because she was listening to Jesus. Mary sits at the feet of Jesus listening. And it might seem like a very simple thing to say, but what Luke is saying here is that Mary is a disciple. As the teachers taught in their day, if if somebody sat at their feet, they were listening intently to them. So think about primary school classroom. The teacher reads the wee story. All the boys and girls are, are sitting at his or her feet as they read about naughty or something. Well, here Mary, at Jesus' feet, is listening intentionally, and she is absorbed in Christ's teaching. Meanwhile, Martha is being pulled in all kinds of directions, and she misses out. Now, whenever Martha appeals to Jesus, Jesus doesn't really condemn Martha But he directs her to a fuller understanding of who he is. A a fuller understanding of what is going on. He reminds her with gentleness that one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. Jesus directs Martha's attention away from the menu and the nibbles to something of most importance. The thing that is necessary. So that's what Jesus says here in verse 42. But one thing is necessary. This good portion that will never end. Martha's dinner that she's cooking, Jesus might well eat it, but he's going to need fed the next day. But hear what Jesus is saying. As we listen to him and his words, yes, we will need it again, but as we listen to God's words, it lasts for all eternity. So just like Martha We can spend our days running around, anxious and troubled, as the scripture says here. We can be consumed with all the things we have to get done. The unlimited array of opportunities that we have to be busy and hurried and have stresses in life. But the one thing that is most necessary for us is to invest our time in listening to Jesus. Jesus says one thing is necessary. is listening to my voice. Martha is so caught up in this moment of preparation 
Jesus says to her, you are of divided mind. You are anxious and troubled. And we know that. We know what it's like to be stretched armstrong. We know what it's like to be anxious and have divided mind. To be troubled and tossed about. Turning that nothing is right. Nothing will go right. And nothing is working for us. And Jesus says, just listen to me. Martha wants so badly to serve him. She wants so badly to make sure everything is perfect for Jesus. But she forgets that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give a life, give his life as a ransom for us. Health and money, the property and honours and prosperity of this world are all well in their way, but they are not necessary, are they? Without them, thousands are happy in this world. And without them, we will be in this dwelling place with God. For only his grace is necessary. That brings us salvation. And we spend time with the things that we think are necessary, but they're not. And this is what Jesus is reminding, reminding Martha. And it's a tool for ourselves to remind ourselves, as our loads seem to get heavier and heavier, to remember Christ's words. Service is essential. But we must not forget the importance of spending time listening to your Lord. We need to be reading and studying his word. Coming to hear from Jesus. We have three opportunities through the week to do that. We can be so worked, worked up and tied up and involved in the work of the church. That we neglect the Lord of the work. We confuse our priorities to be all service, service, service like Martha without savouring our saviour. You know, some of us might well think, well, others don't seem to be serving. They do nothing. And you might be right. But check your own heart and remember the saviour first. Yes, as we've looked at these number of weeks in chapters 9 and 10 in Luke, service is really, really important in the life of a Christian. We need to be serving Christ and proclaiming Christ. But the basic line is we need to be listening to Jesus to help our own spiritual growth and listening to him, to dedicate ourselves and devote ourselves to his teaching, learning and listening that we wouldn't be one in four church goers or every other week or give ourselves a week off because we were out last night, but to grow in our faith. That's why we have morning and evening that our souls would be fed listening to God's word. Like Mary, we need to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. What does it mean to be sitting at the feet of Jesus? It means that we're ready to accept and obey what he teaches it implies that we submit to him, that he is the authority over us, that our rebellion is done with, that we have faith in this man, that it implies that we are following him and that we love him. So if that's what it means to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to his words, what does it mean when we don't sit at Jesus' feet and don't listen to his words? See, it means that we all miss out on the fact that we are reminded week by week or daily of God's great mercy and grace. That we are sinners and we need a saviour in Jesus. But that we're forgiven through faith. That if we don't sit under the feet of Jesus and listen to his word. We will not grow in our faith. 
for sitting at Jesus' feet will help us in life's difficulties as we are reminded constantly of God's promises in Scripture. Sitting at Jesus' feet means we'll be able to talk with our friends and family. It means those pastoral issues that come along, you'll be able to deal with them, perhaps even yourself. Because God has equipped you in his word. It's amazing how many pastoral issues are dealt with by listening to God's word. Not that it negates, negates me from seeing you. But morning and evening, God's word does us good. But we have this common grace all around us, but this special grace in Jesus that we ought to listen to him and sit at his feet. See, what is the most necessary part of your day? What's the most necessary part of my day? If I was to be able to get access to some of your friends or family, your children, maybe some of your parents, what would they say is the most necessary part of your day? Does your daily routine show that you agree with Jesus? That only one thing is truly necessary. Because in all our business, don't forget that. Because we are so busy running the roads, working, sleeping, relaxing. But we have to give priority to listening to God's word. You know, some people, if we'd ask individuals, maybe in your life, they might say, that morning coffee, <laughs> that is necessary. Without it, they are a grump. Without it, they do not function. Without it, they don't work particularly well. Maybe others would say it's having to watch that TV program at 8 o'clock, whatever time it's at, because you're hooked to it, or there's one short episode becomes two and three as we binge on Netflix. One thing necessary might be that you have to have your makeup done. You won't be seen without it. Having to get the gym in, of course, which is really important. But what is most important? The endless scrolling on our phone or listening to Jesus. Wouldn't it be great if those same people I asked, what is the most important thing that you think that they can't function without? And instead of saying that morning coffee, they're able to say, you know what? They can't live without their Lord. Wouldn't it be great if that was the case? So as we seek to listen to Jesus, I try to think of something that all of us do every day. And then I brush my teeth one morning and I clicked. <laughs> So here's the question for us, the second question. On a random day this week, let's pick Tuesday, last week. Did you spend more time brushing your teeth or listening to Jesus? So hopefully that's four minutes or a bit more. Brushing your teeth is pretty necessary. You wouldn't want to smell your breath if you didn't. But listening to Jesus is more necessary. See, the way of Jesus is one of devotion and dedication in following him. It's not a relentless busyness in our world and incessantly good works. It's not about achievement, but commitment. Not endless activities, but an attitude to learn. And when Jesus expects us to follow him, it's not just an endless religious activity in our own strength, but giving all we have to him and listening to him and relying on him. Mary, Jesus says, has chosen the good part. It would not be taken away from her. 
Mary's good part is her simple devotion for Jesus. And it won't be taken away from, for her, from her. There will be a time to eat and drink again. But we always have to make time to listen to Jesus. And we need to be willing to do that, don't we? To, to mark out those times when everything else is so busy. To listen to our Saviour Jesus. The important work that we need to do might be delayed a little while. Something might well be a tad late. We might well be tired. We might want or need that extra cup of coffee or need to go do something. But if we choose to spend time with Jesus, choose to spend time listening to him, to devote ourselves at his feet, God's promise is it won't be taken away from us. It will do us eternal good. Our priority is to listen to God's word. We are pulled in so many different directions that we forget that one thing is necessary. In all of life, the most important thing is to listen to Jesus. Here, Jesus finds himself in a home. He is telling Mary and Martha perhaps about the good news that if they trust in him, that he will bring them eternal life as he will remind them as Lazarus is raised from the grave, they too will be raised one day in the new heavens and new earth. And as Martha is so busy preparing a meal, Jesus says to us in his word, if you come to me, I'm preparing a feast for you all. A feast where you don't even need to get dressed yourself, for I will clothe you in my righteousness. You'll not have to eat or drink ever again because this feast is going to last for all eternity. And it is that wedding supper of the Lamb as he, Jesus will gather all of his people as he will prepare that banquet that his heavenly father has laid out, inviting us all to partake. Why? Because Jesus came not to be served, but to serve up his life. So as we trust in him, as we repent of our sin, as we look and listen to him, he will bring us home to that dwelling place, that desire that the psalmist has, David, that too would be our desire. Because we know the most important thing is to be sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to our Saviour, trusting him and following him. Amen. We're going to sing to God's praise together our, our next hymn. Let's be 